I had to make a decision whether I was going to do something about it or just stay in this situation. And again, it was this calculated risk of the benefit of trying something new was going to outweigh that scary feeling, the feeling that I might fail, that it may not work out, that it may not be what I think it is. The grass is not always greener. And through the calculated risk, I was willing to, to make what I'm doing now a success. And I'm so thankful that I did that. And I wouldn't have had I not seen all that my dad had modeled for me. This is again, one more nugget of advice from my friend Gretchen Bridgers from the Always a Lesson Empowering Educators podcast. This is such a great way to end our three-part mini-series called Always a Burned-In Lesson. Today, we're going to talk about heroes and taking risks and how we stay motivated when we become frustrated or we start to feel a little twinge of burnout coming. Let's get started with episode 12. Welcome to the Burned In Teacher Podcast. I'm Amber Harper, and the educators on this podcast are brave enough to share their stories of burnout with the world. On BIT, we get real, we get honest, and we take action. Action against the burnout with stories from burned out teachers, advice from experts, and actionable steps you can take today to beat the burnout and become a happier, more fulfilled human being. Let's get started. Hey, Burned In Teachers, before we get started with the actual interview today, I want to invite you to the Burn On Challenge, taking place November 26th through the 30th within our private Burned In Teacher Facebook group. I have strategically planned this challenge to take place at the end of November because beginning January 7th, we're going to start another eight-week small group program. So I want to give you a little taste of what it is that we do in that program. So like I said, November 26th through the 30th, I will We'll be conducting this burn on challenge within our private Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash burned in teacher. So you don't have to sign into another group. You don't have to even sign up at all for the challenge. All I am asking is that you join us every day in the group for our 10 minutes of just encouragement and helping you to burn on through the rest of 2018. So we'll start Monday with begin where you are. Tuesday will be understand you or understand your situation. R will be reflect on your challenges. That will be Wednesday. Thursday will be nurture those strengths. And then Friday, we're going to combine O and N. Open your possibilities and never settle. This is all in an effort to help you to end the 2018 year with a bang and with a lot of encouragement and enlightenment into your teaching life. And then after that challenge is over, I will be opening the doors to the first small group program offering in 2019. I'll only offer it every few months. So this gives you the opportunity to kind of get a taste of what it will be like and how it is that I would love to serve you and your group members in this small group program. So like I said, you don't have to sign up. I will be in the Facebook group daily offering you encouragement and enlightenment. And please feel free to join in every day at a time to be determined. And if you miss that time, then no worries. Just watch the replay and feel free to comment below the video that I will post. And let's finish this 2018 year out strong. So those dates again were November 26th through the 30th. Now let's get started with this interview. All right, Burned In Teachers, welcome to another episode of the Always a Burned In Lesson series with Gretchen Bridgers. What's up, Gretchen? 
So hey, glad. thanks for having me. Of course. So this is our third and final episode of our mini series of Always a Burned In Lesson. And today we're going to talk about heroes taking risks and the fact that heroes are also lifelong learners. So I tell you all the time that you are your own hero. So I have one of my heroes here with me today, Gretchen Bridgers. <laughs> and if you've not met her before, she's going to give you a quick refresh on who she is and what she does. So take it from here, Gretchen. Yeah, we started this mini series. So if you haven't heard the other two episodes, go back, take a listen. Basically, I um, have a very similar path to Amber, if you've heard her story. But I was a classroom teacher for almost a decade before I stepped out to be a new teacher coach through the New Teacher Project. And then now do my own consulting, which means I just provide professional development and support to teachers, whether it's through an actual session or an online webinar or through resources through TPT, you name it. I'm here to just be a supporter, encourager, inspirer to teachers. Awesome. And I can tell you as a somebody who I have looked to as a mentor, she has so much wisdom and so much advice to give. <laughs> Where can Burned In Teachers find you? Oh, find me on alwaysalesson.com. Everything is right there for you to connect with me, social media handles, blog posts, podcast episodes, you name it. Yes. So we're going to dive right in today and talk about heroes. So I want to share some of my heroes that I have had, but Gretchen, I would love for you to start out with what heroes you have turned to when you've needed inspiration and mentorship in your life and career. I'm glad you asked this question because previous episodes, we've talked a lot about mentorship and people we look up to. And now here's this word hero, which is someone that it's constantly throughout your life, someone you look up to, not just in a specific area of your life. And I've always had mentors in the educational realm who either had skills I wish I had, or just the way they thought their perspective was something that I wanted to, to learn how to create for myself. But there's one person in my life who's constantly been a role model for me in terms of how I want to operate, professionalism, um, business-wise, um, sharing knowledge and educating others, being a helping hand. And that person's my dad. And I know that's kind of corny. Everyone's like, oh, my parents are the best. And, you know, I should probably have someone that is out in the educational field. But honestly, even though he has been extremely successful in business, a lot of what I've learned from him applies to what I do in my daily life and what I did in the classroom. And he just always reminds me through his behaviors is you just are your own advocate for being the hero of your own life. And he um, has a path that is unlike the norm in terms of, I don't know if I have shared this with you before, Amber, but he is the youngest um, in his family. His older brother, school came really easy. He was uh, someone that was compliant with classroom behaviors. And my dad was different. He was just as smart, but wasn't necessarily the one that wanted to study really hard and, and get the top grade. He wasn't motivated by that. He wanted to do just enough to get by um, so he could go do his own thing. He was always this creative spirit, like, okay, I did what you asked me to do. Now let me go do this. Mm -hmm. And I think there was always conflict because the brother would always behave. My dad did not. He acted up because he was not stimulated. And so he eventually had to say, you know, how do I adhere to these boundaries, but still be true to myself. And I think that was really his lifelong lesson for himself. And as he went through his business life and climbed the corporate ladder, he eventually became his own boss and was able to, to leave Pepsi 
and create his own um, consulting firm. And now he's able to make his own decisions and kind of be that person he always was. And I admire them about him because I know there's lots of teachers who feel so confined in our educational system. And I know I was one of them that felt I couldn't be creative because I had to teach to the test and I had to use this curriculum. And none of that really helped me develop as a teacher, I just felt like I was getting worse by being held down. And so I always look to him to say, how did you break past those barriers? How are you able to do what you had to do, but could still honor yourself? And he would always remind me, just dream big enough. What is it you want to accomplish for yourself? And, you know, you've got to plan your steps backwards to get there. He knew he wanted to be on his own one day. He figured, okay, I have to be able to make this certain amount to provide for my family. I need these different skill sets to be able to manage my own company. And he really was able to break that goal down. And in addition to that, something that my mother fears very much about him is he's a risk taker, but he's a calculated risk taker. So he thinks it through, but then he's willing to jump. And for me, I knew there was a part, if you listen to kind of my burnout from last episode, I had to make a decision whether I was going to do something about it or just stay in this situation. And again, it was this calculated risk of the benefit of trying something new was going to outweigh that scary feeling, the mm-hmm. feeling that I might fail, that it may not work out, that it may not be what I think it is. The grass is not always greener. And through the calculated risk, I was willing to, to make what I'm doing now a success. And I'm so thankful that I did that. And I wouldn't have had I not seen all that my dad had modeled for me. So a long story short, he is someone who I watch and not just listen to for advice and inspiration, but I've watched the decisions he makes and, and how he operates in it. It's really inspiring to me. And I try to apply what he's done either in the classroom or in my partnerships with teachers or just in my personal life in general. So you said a couple of things here that really made my ears perk up. So a, one thing that you said is that dream bigger. And, and that seems to be something that you have in common with your dad. So that makes me think that, have you ever taken the uh, Gallup's uh, Strengths Finder assessment? I don't know if I've taken that specific one. No. So that's something that I really encourage um, burned in teachers to do through the small group program and just in general about really understanding yourself. I am going to bet that you have futuristic and activator um, as a couple of your top strengths because you are someone who wants to control the change. You're someone who (laughs) wants to seek growth and, and someone who wants to take action when things are not going the way that you had thought that they would go. Mm-hmm. And something else that um, that really made me think is that dreaming bigger is different for everybody. Nobody's the same. So dreaming bigger could be things that you're doing in your classroom. You just want to seek change in your classroom. You want to dream bigger. You want to dream bigger for yourself and for your students. And so you're seeking ways to grow there and become your own hero within your classroom. Some people dreaming bigger is all right, I've done my time in the classroom. Now I'm dreaming of becoming a teacher leader of some sort, whether that's a counselor um, or a principal or a dean or a superintendent. You're ready for that type of dream. And other people might dream of ways to use their educational skills in a different way outside of an actual school corporation. And I should add, too, that you could also become a teacher coach of some kind, you know, a mentor coach or a technology coach or an instructional coach. There are so many different ways to use those skills that you have and those strengths if you believe that you are in control of the change and that those those strengths can define your dreams. So can you tell me a little bit, I, you have an excellent list that you've shared with me before of 
lessons that you have learned from your dad. And they actually came from a, a podcast episode of yours. And I'll link it in the show notes. It was episode 166 and you, you titled it Control the Change. And I happened to mm-hmm. listen to this episode and thought it was amazing. It just had such good perspective and such great connection on how to apply lessons that you learn in life to things that happen within your classroom or within your career. So can you share some of those with us, please? Yeah, absolutely. That episode was great because as we know, change is inevitable. It's going to happen at some point in our life and it's, it's challenging, but it's really an opportunity to make ourselves better. And we have to control our our emotions in order to make a great change in our life. And that's, goes back to that calculated risks. And, you know, we have the power over our own perspective and over how we respond. And it's important that we keep that in mind in order to control the change that's happening to us. And that episode I was talking about how my dad is now going to be moving down here with my mom to North Carolina from Connecticut, which means he's going to leave his business behind, which is a huge chapter. And we were just talking about how he's worked his whole life to have this chapter and now he's got to change it. And and what does that look like and how scary that change can be. And for him, he felt like this wasn't going to be a step forward. Like every step has been in his life so far, this was going to be a temporary setback, but in the long term, it was going to set him up better. And so that's hard to grapple with. Cause sometimes you might think, Oh, I, I want to get out of this school or, or this district, but I have to take a position that's less than or lateral. And I don't want that. But mm-hmm. in the moment it could seem that way. However, once you get around that curve, it could open up to something bigger. And so I chatted a little bit about his mental space of working through that and um, how much change, especially when it's going to look different from what you really want for yourself can almost make you paralyzed. But how you handle those detours in life really determines how great that next chapter is going to be if you learn how to control it in the right way. And um, like, like you were saying, things in my life are what inspire me to help teachers. And I've learned so much about myself, but more importantly about how to help kids and how to help teachers by taking these life lessons and watching my parents go through this change in their lives and watching my dad grapple with what he thought success was and what it needs to look like in this next chapter and how to step back and, and move forward and and still be in control of your life is it's hard and it's scary, but it can have a great result. You've just got to control the change. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about, um, setbacks. So things that that can be considered temporary setbacks and how they can lead to a long-term upgrade. I'm really interested to hear this because teachers deal with setbacks all the time. Mm -hmm. So can you give me an example or some sort of analogy to help us to understand how we can look at these setbacks differently and help them to set us on a trajectory of success? Well, right. So you might be in an environment that is not encouraging you to better yourself, whether it means you don't have the support to go to another workshop and learn what you need to learn or go watch another teacher live in their classroom so you can gain some of these skills, whatever it may be. Maybe you need to go into another classroom position, which might not be what you want to do because you're ready to move beyond the classroom, let's say. But being in a different school with a different leadership potential allows you, yeah, maybe that one year you have to stick it out and and take a classroom position, but that might open it up to now you're the leader of your team, now you're creating professional development for the school, or, or now you're traveling to other schools to help mentor teachers, whatever it is, sometimes what you have to do to get there 
might look like you're downgrading your potential. Like, no, I'm ready to move forward. I want to be a leader now, but you might not be able to be a leader now in this specific circumstance. You might have to make a lateral move to do something else. And so that's why I kind of call it a setback is you're feeling like you're losing time and you're losing ground. And yes, that's happening in the short term, but long term, you're in a better spot now for the things you do want to come your way. So you have to think about all right, if this is your goal, how are you going to get there? And is your current environment supporting you to get there? Because if it's not, that's where you change lanes. And mm-hmm. sometimes you have to go backwards. And that's why I call it a setback. But remember, it's only temporary. I I so love exactly what you just said. Um, but I'd like to add something to it too. Please do. When I was teaching second grade, um, and if you've heard my story, I was moved from first grade to second grade and it was the best change. I did not look at that as a setback. It put me with a group of people that I got along with so well. We were like family. We were friends. We hung out outside of school. It was excellent. And then I was told, um, not asked, I was told that I was moving to third grade after two years in second grade. And I was devastated. I had a terrible mindset about it. I looked at it as a setback. I looked at it as control over my teaching life. I had things going Mm -hmm. so well in second grade and I was furious. I was angry. I was, I was very, very hurt by that decision because I was not consulted. But it turned out (laughs) that it opened up opportunities for me to become a teacher leader, which is something that I didn't really know that I wanted to do, but it happened and it didn't just fall in my lap. I expressed interest in it to be the team leader when I was in third grade and I loved it. And I feel like I actually happened to be really good at it. And Mm -hmm. I don't, I would not have had that opportunity if I would have stayed in second grade. And that was a huge learning curve for me that how much power mindset has over your current realities or your current situations. Um, I was put into another negative situation from that move that I was forced to make. Um, But I, I faced it head on. And because of that, I was able to alleviate that type of stress from, you know, within my current teammates in that third grade position. Um, So I love I love what you had to say about that because we really do have control at looking at things differently and helping us to um, look at it as a long-term upgrade for ourselves. Yeah. Some of the listeners of my podcast, the Empowering Educators podcast, are someone in transition. Mm -hmm. They are being told that, hey, you don't have a job here anymore or you're changing grade levels or whatever and you're feeling devastated. You worked your whole life. You got this degree. You've put all this time in. Mm -hmm. We know teachers. We put a lot of time in. And now all of a sudden you're not in control of what's happening to you, but you actually are because it's how you respond and how you look at this opportunity in terms of what's going to happen to you. Mm -hmm. So maybe you're pushed out of something you thought you wanted, but then all of a sudden you're in this new situation and it's going to be 10 times better for you and you didn't even know it. And so I think sometimes we have to take a step back and say, this might work out for me. I've got to see what it's going to be like so I can dream bigger and make it happen. That's right. And you have, I'm going to link, this is going to be a long show notes because (laughs) (laughs) another one of my favorite episodes of yours is episode number 163, Time for Your Educator Upgrade. And Mm. I just, again, Gretchen, I've said this to you before, and it all started with something you said to me, is that you read what you need to read when you need to read it, or you hear what you need to hear. And that was something, I was actually in the middle of creating a blog post, and then I happened to listen to this episode. And this is when I really was encouraged to reach out to you. Mm. 
-hmm. because you and I were speaking the same language. We were saying things a little differently, but I asked your permission to kind of collaborate on a blog post and we called it, don't be a victim of circumstance, be a taker of chance because it had to do with that perspective that we gained from changes in our lives and really how sometimes those changes force us to step out of our comfort zone and help us to become better. Totally. So there are a couple of recurring themes throughout these conversations and common threads that we've had in these interviews. And a lot of them come back to the idea of change, whether it's physically changing buildings or physically changing grade levels or changing your mindset. There's always mm-hmm. this theme of change. So can you tell me a little bit about your perspective on this? Yeah, absolutely. So we were just talking about control the change. And now we're talking about it's time for your educator upgrade. And what these things are saying is you are in control of what happens. Something might occur to you that makes you have a reaction and you might not have asked for that might not have been ideal, but how you move forward from that is what you control. And it's allowing you to better yourself, which is the upgrade part. And what's so fantastic about education is even if you have to take a completely irrelevant job just to make ends meet in the moment, there are so many skills that you have as an educator that can apply to a million other situations or job titles or even within education. There are things as a classroom teacher like time management. Holy cow, that's a huge skill that can be used in other areas of your life. And so I don't want people to feel like I've invested all this time. I'm going in this one route, this one direction. And all of a sudden I'm forced to take this other road and I have zero skills on this road. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm starting over. I'm taking so many steps back, but you're not, you have all these tools in your tool belt. You're going to use them differently in your new environment, but you've got them. So don't feel like you're dumping out your tool belt to start over. It's just a change of direction and you are in charge of how you handle it and what you do with it. And you can still upgrade and have a better life than you've even envisioned. That's that dream bigger portion. And It's a way for you to help other people. You've earned your stripes. Every battle you've gone through has set you up for this opportunity. And so you feel like it's a setback. You feel like you're going backwards. You feel like you're going in the wrong direction or it's not what you want for your life. But I'm here to tell you that it's just a blip on the screen. And long term, it is such a small change. It's going to be pivotal because of the way you react to what happens and how you make it the greatest experience. And when you look back, you'll say, that's the moment it all changed for me. It wouldn't have happened because I didn't want it to happen, but I'm glad it did. And what I did with it has put me where I am today. Absolutely. And this can be applied in so many different places in your life. You know, there's never a great, perfect time for change. Um, Starting a family, meeting the love of your life, you know, having to make a move, you know, something happening in your life that you have no control of. You know, it, it all comes back on your perspective and how you choose to address this, those situations. So I had uh, someone, I, I have such a strong connection to this. I was um, doing a workshop about burned in teacher and the whole um, eight steps. And somebody came to the workshop and they said, I'm not burned out yet, but I just wanted to come to this workshop. So I know what to look for. I know I don't want to be in the classroom forever. I want to stay in education. But he said, how many years do you think I need to get under my belt before I'm ready to take master's classes? Because he wanted to become an administrator. But he said, Mm -hmm. I just don't feel like I'm ready yet. When is it okay? He was, it was almost like he was asking my permission. (laughs) And he said, when is it okay for me to make those plans? And I said, I said, I think you need to rethink the things that you're saying 
Because I said, who is telling you that you have to have a certain amount of years under your belt to become an administrator? Who is telling you when it's okay for you to begin taking those classes? Who makes those rules? And it wasn't a rhetorical question. I really was curious about who had told him those things. And he said, well, no one. And I said, well, then why are you asking for my permission on when those things should happen? And so our conversation went deeper and deeper. And finally, it came down to, he said he actually wasn't ready to take classes yet. He was getting ready to have a brand new baby. And he just felt like he was going to add a load of stress to his life. And I said, well, if you're not burned out of the classroom, I said, that's excellent. I said, use that as momentum to continue to grow and get better. Totally. Mm -hmm. I said, but also plan ahead. You having a new baby, it's not an excuse for you to stop living your career dreams. So Mm -hmm. you don't have to take on a full load of classes. You can take one class at a time and it could really become a reprieve from the stress of fatherhood. It's, it's very, you know, this Gretchen, you're going through it right now. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes those things that could be looked at as extra stressful, like taking a class can actually be a really great outlet. So it just had to do with helping him to make, un, help him to understand that you can find your own path. You can set your own goals. You can make your own rules. You're the person who determines what is right for you. And sometimes it's not always exactly when, but what mm. you're going to make out of it. Amen. So another thing that heroes do and that Gretchen and I wanted to talk about today is that not only do you believe that heroes take risks and you change your mindset and you control the change, but that you're also a lifelong learner. And this doesn't have to be always learning about a specific school associated topic, but you're always seeking learning, learning about yourself, learning about something that just ignites you. But we also sometimes have to have some heroes in this path as well. So Mm -hmm. Do you have anyone who has influenced you to take action and change the trajectory of your life and helped you to become a lifelong learner, Gretchen? Yes. And thank goodness. So when I was back in my seasons of burnout, we talked about that in one of our series episodes here, is that I felt I was around all these teachers in my building who weren't on fire for education. They were negative Nancy's, as I call them. And it was starting to weigh on me. I started to act like they were acting and talk like they were, how they were talking. And it was affecting my belief system. It affected my perspective. It affected my performance. I wasn't being my best self for my kids. And that wasn't okay. And my district came out with what was called this Twitter chat. And I'm like, well, I'm on Twitter, but I don't really use it. Don't even know how to use it, which I hear from a lot of educators. And they said, well, it happens at this time at eight o'clock on Wednesdays, and we'd love for you to be part of it. I'm like, okay, so what do I do? They said, well, we'll just shout out questions on Twitter and you can sit at home and you can reply to them. And you just have to use this specific hashtag so anyone can watch that you're part of the conversation. I'm like, well, that's awesome. And lo and behold, I became a Twitter chat fanatic. Like, Loved it, was on all sorts of different topics. Every night of the week, I had a Twitter chat I was involved with. And I fell in love with it. I eventually started leading it for the district. And it was because of that opportunity that I found my tribe. I found people who loved learning. They loved education. They were on fire for education. They weren't always in a building like mine that might have been a little bit more negative, but some were. But because 
coming together on Twitter, we were able to help each other get past those boundaries and, and dream bigger and get excited for different things we could do in the classroom and talk about some of the issues we were facing, some of those hurdles and obstacles we had to work past. And I got so many more ideas and I just loved my job because of these people I'd never met, but who I connected with through Twitter. And one of my favorite chats was hashtag personalized PD. And then there was hashtag EduCoach. And EduCoach was for all coaches, which as you know, I was a new teacher coach at the time. And so this was like, oh, my people, right? We're all going through the same thing. I, I needed that camaraderie. And then personalized PD is just my belief system on how teachers should take control. <laughs> we keep talking about that again, mm -hmm. take control of what we want to learn about and say, this is a deficit in my tool belt. And I want to be able to figure out how I can become an expert and gain expertise. And I want to collaborate with people who do it well. And so those two chats really helped me. So if anyone is wondering like, okay, she, I don't know, I have Twitter. I don't know what it is, how to use it, but you've kind of encouraged me to check it out. There is a how to post on always Just type in Twitter chats and we'll even link it up here in the show notes for this episode, but it'll walk you through how to do it. And in <laughs> you and I joke, you could be a lurker and in these uh, chats, you don't actually have to even respond or participate. If you just want to see what it's, what it's going on, what it's like, it doesn't actually show that, you know, you're sitting there staring at your screen. So it's a safe way to just put your toe in the water to see if you like it, but you will find people on there that you're like, wow, they're doing amazing things in their classroom. I can't wait to get to know them more and find out how I can be part of it. But it's just connecting with educators who are positive. They love education and their attitude encourages me. I love it. It's so true. And Twitter chats are just, again, sometimes you you just go with the way you feel. You either feel like participating or maybe you look at it as just a learning opportunity. You know, something that maybe you it doesn't affect you directly, but it could just be something, again, that you can put back in your toolbox in case you, you need that information. I had a Twitter account for probably six months to a year that I didn't even use because, again, like you just said, I didn't know how and it wasn't something that I was really pressed um, to learn about. So that spring that I went to the uh, the Franklin EdTech team Google Summit. I went to a session about Twitter because I was I was really just curious about it. How is this really going to change my teaching life? And the way that he had titled the session was really intriguing. So Dave Hotler taught me all the things about hashtags and handles and um, <laughs> he he mentioned Twitter chats. Those were a little above my head at that point, but that's where I started and it really helped me to make a connection with those mentors and those PLNs that we talk about so, so much. Basically for me, what motivates me to continue helping teachers is whatever I wish I had had as a teacher, I create it. So whether it's a webinar or a resource for a classroom, I, I'm like, okay, if I needed it at one point, I'm going to make it so it can help somebody else. And it just is almost therapeutic for me because it helps me get over some of my own hurdles. And I love my PLN. I've, it's started now spilling over into Voxer, which is a great app. It's a walkie talkie app. And we're able to have group conversations on there, similar to a Twitter chat and talk about certain topics. They're my accountability partners, making sure I'm doing everything that I say I want to accomplish in my personal life and professional life. And I just call it, you know, my circle of influence. These are the people I want closest to me who are going to push me to be better. They are different for me in terms of their perspective because I want someone that is close enough that they get where I'm coming from, but they think differently to push me to go beyond my boundaries. And so I look at my vision board and say, where am I in terms of accomplishing these things and my goal list and making sure I'm taking lots of 
mental and emotional breaks so that I can keep going and, and getting there and accomplishing everything. But I'm so thankful for the people that keep me motivated um, to keep doing what I'm doing. Awesome. And of course, we're going to link all of your resources to the bottom of this episode. And I hear your sweet baby back there calling for you. So Gretchen, thank you so much for sharing your perspective on this incredibly important topic of becoming your own hero, finding your own hero, and becoming and staying a lifelong learner. So thanks so much for joining us. And this actually ends our three-part mini-series of Always a Burned In Lesson. So thank you again so much for your time and your wisdom, Gretchen. Thank you. So the tips and takeaways that I have today, there are three things. Number one, heroes have heroes. Gretchen's dad and her PLN, especially on Twitter and Voxer, are those people that help her whenever she is facing specific challenges in her life. My heroes happen to be people in my life that serve my passions in different ways. So for example, my hero for parenting is my husband, my friends, Kim and Gretchen, of course, with their passion for helping and serving educators. I also have heroes in the ed tech world. Casey Bell and Matt Miller inspire me every day to serve teachers better in the area of how to use educational technology better. And I, of course, can't leave out you, Burned In Teachers. You all inspire me with your amazing stories that you share with me about how you're taking control over your life to become a better teacher, a better husband, a better friend. Those stories mean something, and I'm so, so grateful to have you in my life. My next takeaway has to do with heroes taking risks, some calculated and some not even planned. So Gretchen talked about loving coaching and really having to take a big risk when her original opportunity to become a coach ended. I, of course, took a risk by leaving the classroom to run Burned In Teacher full-time. Me leaving the classroom to become a full-time educational technology consultant and Google trainer and Burned In Teacher coach was a calculated risk. I talked about it. I thought about it for years. But there was a time where I was told that something was happening within my career that I didn't have any control of. And that was a huge lesson to me because it turned out to be wonderful. And all I had to do was change my mindset. And finally, heroes are lifelong learners not just about school, but about their passions and about serving themselves and taking the time to invest in their passions that keep them motivated to keep going when things get tough. That's it for this week's episode of the Burned In Teacher Podcast. Until next week, take a deep breath. You are your own hero. And you just took another step to becoming a burned in teacher. Burn on. If you want to be updated on the latest Burned In Teacher podcast episodes, don't forget to subscribe to the Burned In Teacher podcast on Google Play or iTunes. Also, please consider leaving a review and leave a rating so that other teachers who are feeling the burnout can find this podcast to help them feel supported as they continue their journey out of burnout. Thanks so much.